lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre. All of you as well at 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. Check out our new YouTube channel as well at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. You can also check out my new book, A Nefarious Carol, that is dropping, releasing on December the 15th. Pre-orders going on right now at Amazon.com. If you're on Blaze TV, there's a shot of the gorgeously grim cover. So just in time for Christmas, if you're like, hey, what am I getting pops or uh, Nana for Christmas this year? You're getting them that. At least that's what my kids are hoping you're getting them. All right. So go over to Amazon.com right now and uh, get your pre-order in for A Nefarious Carol. You can learn more about the plot of the book as well. We'll be talking about its predecessor tomorrow, A Nefarious Plot, which maybe we need to now rename A Nefarious Prophecy. All right, we'll get into more of that tomorrow for Theology Thursday. Uh, Typical drill here on a Wednesday. By now, you know it. uh, Buy, sell, or hold coming your way. It's one of our more popular favorite segments each week. The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Tony Bobolinsky. The ex-Biden business partner turned whistleblower was interviewed at length by Fox News' Tucker Carlson last night, where he discussed meeting with the Biden family multiple times, including Joe Biden himself. So it was clear to you that Joe Biden's son had told him about this business. Crystal clear. Tell us about the conversation that subsequently occurred between you and Joe Biden. So the conversation, as you're well aware, Tucker, I grew up the son of a career naval officer. So the president of the United States was always the commander in chief, whether they were a Democrat or Republican or other. You know, we didn't go into too much detail in business because Hunt prior uh, to Joe showing up, Hunter and Jim had coached me. Listen, we won't go into too much detail here. This is just a high level discussion and meeting. So it's not like I was drilling down with Joe about cap tables and and uh, and details. So you said that they wanted you to meet Joe Biden as a way to induce you to participate in this deal. You were you were the actual business guy here who had management experience, deal experience. But it also sounds like Joe Biden was vetting you to some extent. Yes, of course. Like um, I didn't request to meet with Joe. They requested that I meet with Joe. And after that, I went over to the Peninsula Hotel and I sat with Jim Biden for two hours where Jim Biden walked through his history. As I was listening to Jim walk through this, um, I have a big heart. And I'm thinking about the Biden family. Like, how are they doing this? Aren't they taking political risk or headline risk? And I remember looking at Jim Biden and saying, how are you guys getting away with this? Like, aren't you concerned? And he sort of looked at me and he laughed a little bit and said, uh, plausible deniability. He said that out loud? Uh, yes, he said it directly to me, one-on-one in a cabana at the Peninsula Hotel after about a you know, hour and a half, two hour meeting. He also revealed a recording of himself pressuring Biden business associate Rob Walker into telling the American people the truth. If he doesn't come out on record, I am uh, providing the fact. You're just going to just bury all of us, man. What was your response to that? Um, 
I was focused on pushing these guys to do the right thing, to demonstrate an ounce of integrity in front of the American people. They all know the facts. I live the facts. And luckily for the American people, all the facts are extremely well documented. According to Sean Davis at The Federalist, more recordings will be aired tonight involving the Bidens and Bobolinsky. Moving on, it was another night of rioting and looting in Philadelphia stemming from the police shooting of a black man who rushed the police with a knife on Monday afternoon. Town Hall Media's Julio Rosas, who's been on the ground covering dozens of riots around the country this summer and was filming last night's violence, tweeted, quote, I haven't seen riots and looting on this scale and this bad since Minneapolis back in May. It's chaos out here. Blaze Media's Elijah Schaefer was on the ground at the scene of some of the looting when he was beaten up by Black Lives Matter thugs for filming them. That didn't stop him from continuing to report. So as you can see, it's kind of hard for me to talk right now because I got jumped inside of a five below that's currently being uh, ransacked and completely looted. And you see to my left right here, this is an Eye Encounter store. We have an amazing uh, nail spa, and also right over here, there's a Walmart that's been completely gutted. In the midst of the looting and the violence, a Chick-fil-A was also ransacked. This would probably be a good time to remind you about what Dan Cathy, the CEO of the company, said and did not too long ago in response to racial unrest. If we need to find somebody that needs to have their shoe shine, we need to just go right on over and shine their shoes. But there's a time in which we need to have, you know, some, some personal action here. Maybe we need to give a hug, too. Any expressions of a contrite heart, of a sense of humility, a sense of shame, a sense of embarrassment. Back to Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, Governor Tom Wolf says. Uh, and my staff in, have been in constant communication since last night. Uh, with the folks in Philadelphia, uh, and the hope is that that doesn't escalate into anything uh, more than than the peaceful protests that that, uh, I think this kind of situation brings out. In other news, The Independent from the UK published a video yesterday of police entering a church and breaking up a church service for violating lockdown rules in Wales. So we're at church right now, um, and the police just showed up, and so they've knocked on all the windows and all the doors, they've shined flashlights, so please pray for us right now. It's within a public, within a private place, and more than six people knocked in the same household. It's an unlawful regulation. Please, I'm not going to get into the legal arguments over The fact is, obviously we've had phone calls here from members of the public who are concerned that they've seen people coming here. Um, and obviously breaching these regulations. Checking in on how the left is handling the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. I'm scared. I'm scared for me, other women, uh, people who need help. Everyone except white men. Checking in on the Rainbow Jihad. Hi, I'm Sweet Ginger I'm 13 years old and I'm gender creative. My gender identity is a male and my gender expression is female. I'm not, I've been gender creative my whole life, but this is just who I am. To me, gender is over. Checking in on the polls, the Washington Post published a new poll showing Joe Biden with a 17-point lead over Donald Trump in Wisconsin. Learning Arabic today, today's phrase is mental illness. <laughs> And finally, the only Democrat campaign ad you need to see this cycle, courtesy of Blaze TV's Ali Stuckey. Hi, I'm the spokesperson for the Democratic Party, and I'm back to tell you why you need to vote blue this November. You know us as the party of love, tolerance, and compassion, but we're much more than that. We're the party of science, and the science is clear. 
Men have periods, babies, or clumps of cells until they're born and maybe a few minutes after. Vaccines save lives unless they're developed while Trump is president and voting for us will end hurricanes, wildfires, and tornadoes. As our nation reels from a pandemic with at least a 98% survival rate, we need a party that understands that riots, liquor stores, and abortion clinics are immune to the virus, while churches and schools are dangerous and must be shut down. It's for your safety. And that's what happened while we were away. (sighs) I got a phone call this morning from uh, an old friend of mine. And it kind of ties into... And it's a terrible segue, but it, it ties into the first live read I have to do with Patriot Mobile. Um, <laughs> one of my friends has Patriot Mobile and raves about it until he comes over to my house for poker night. And then for whatever reason, he gets no cell phone signal in my basement. <laughs> and I've not been able to make the switch to Patriot Mobile yet because I'm tied into contracts with three teenagers and I've already told them I'm not, I'm not doing any more. We're walking out of here and going to Patriot mobile as soon as these contracts end. So the two, two oldest girls are going to make those phones last. Cause you're not getting another one. You know what I'm saying? Even though I do most of my business in my basement, I do quite a bit of it, but I'll find another room in the house because my, my, my buddy asked me, uh, somebody who was really supportive in helping me get uh, launched and off the ground on a national basis. And he asked me, hey, where are we at right now? And I, I told him, I'm, I'm afraid we're heading to a civil war. And so when we have the opportunity to align with people who share our values, we're not going to have that with everything every service we need, every product we have to buy in our culture today. But when that opportunity presents itself, we need to take full advantage of it. And that's where Patriot Mobile comes in. It's America's only conservative, veteran-led mobile phone company. Um, They never charge you hidden fees. They don't give your money away to organizations like those that are just destroying our children, as you're seeing in that tragic video that Aaron just ran. Switching is easy. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone, buy a new one. And right now, when you join their family of freedom-loving Americans, you'll get a free activation plus a free gift with the offer code Steve. All right, so 972-PATRIOT is the number. 972-PATRIOT, use the offer code Steve, or just go to the website, patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, that's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. As we speak right now, uh, the U.S. Senate is holding hearings with the heads of the big tech companies. Uh, both Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey was testifying from Twitter just as we were um, coming on online. We're going to talk about that today, including a fascinating question that Texas Senator Ted Cruz asked Jack Dorsey today. We'll have that clip for you in our reaction in the overtime. There's never been a better time to become a subscriber to Blaze TV. Frankly, if Joe Biden wins, we, we can't sit here and guarantee you that at this time next year, you're going to just be able to just wait and see what clips we throw up on YouTube or on Facebook and Twitter and just watch us from there and share them. 
we, we can't guarantee you that by this time next year, you can just download the podcast from iTunes. We, we just can't. And so if you want to continue to get content like this, and given the explosive growth we have had on Blaze TV in the last year, clearly the answer to that question for many of you is yes. The only way we can think of to guarantee that you will be able to access us is without a middleman, us directly to you. And that's why you want to become a subscriber to Blaze TV and join the family right now. And it's never been less expensive than it is right now, less than $6 a month. $5.75 a month is what it costs with $30 off an annual subscription at blazetv.com. If you use the promo code Steve at blazetv.com, that's where you'll get the overtime today. Uh, and you get all the exclusive content that we do for subscribers each day here at Blaze TV with the promo code Steve. All right. And if you're already a subscriber, thank you. We'll record that overtime right after the show today and you'll be able to watch it on demand at your convenience. If I sound a little somber in my tone of voice this morning, it's because I am. I don't I, I don't admit defeat easily, if ever. I mean, one of my all-time favorite movie scenes to this day is the scene in the Genesis Cave in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan where Kirk calls up Spock on the communicator. Hey, is the ship ready to go? All the repairs ready? Can you beam us up? And everybody's stunned because they thought they were going to be stranded in this cave forever. Right? And Kirk's like, I don't believe in the no-win scenario. The guy who gets up in the morning before he has to take the Kobayashi Maru test, which is a no-win scenario, a test of a captain, of a character, of, of a would-be captain. Are you ready to assume that seat and all the grim responsibility that goes with it, right? And he gets up the morning before and he reprograms the computer so that there was a way to outsmart the simulation and win. And he should have been thrown out of Starfleet for cheating. Instead, they give him a medal for original thinking. See, that's how I roll. I don't believe in losing. I, I just don't believe in it. I mean, I have a worldview that begins with the fact a dead man walked out of a tomb that was enclosed by a 2,000 pound stone. And he just walked out like a boss, man. And left, the, and, and, and left the burial clothes behind. That's how my belief system begins. That's the Alpha and Omega of my belief system. And then I'm just wired that way to begin with. I just was created that way. I'm, I don't accept defeat. Even at the end, if we have less points, some win could come out of this situation. Can you guys think of, in all the time you've worked with me, any situation where I've accepted defeat on any level, any level, one time. Can you think of one? Ohio State. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> I didn't want to say I didn't yeah. want to say it out loud. <laughs> that is the one. Yes. <laughs> but point made. Yeah. Okay, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Stuff that actually matters in life. Oh no. Mm -mm. All right. No. That and, and the Ohio State thing is frankly for just my own emotional protection because I don't want to accept defeat. And so I'll keep convincing myself that this is the time. And the only way I can avoid that now is just to rule it out. You know what I'm saying? So even, even the Ohio State example is an example of how I'm wired. But I got to tell you guys and gals, I, I, I've talked before my, my routine. I get up in the morning. I'm the first one up in my house. Get up, 
get the uh, digestive tract and everything cleaned out. And, you know, while I'm doing uh, nature's duty, I'm on Twitter. I'm using that as the wires. I'm getting updated on what happened while I was away, while I was asleep, basically, you know. And I, I just looked at what was going on. I First thing I saw, first thing I saw in my Twitter feed, before I even knew there were riots in Philly last night, first thing I saw in my Twitter feed was ABC News publishing a poll showing in the Washington Post that Biden was going to win Wisconsin by 17 points. And I went and looked and I tried to find the last time somebody won your state by that much. It's actually only happened twice in the two-party era. Uh, and it was the two biggest blowouts of all time. It was Nixon versus McGovern, or two of the three biggest blowouts of all time. Nixon, McGovern, LBJ, Coldwater. Reagan didn't even win it by that many points in, in 1984. And folks, they know that's not true. They know that that's not true. They don't care. It's unashamed, just shamelessly putting that out there. Then I see the stories about what's going on in Philadelphia. And this isn't a case now where we can all look at what happened with George Floyd and say, hey, I don't agree with a guy pointing his gun at a man at a pregnant woman's stomach, right? Clearly, George Floyd ain't up for beatification anytime soon. But does that mean in that moment, given what he was expected of at that time, which was, uh, I believe, counterfeiting or forgery, right? A fake twenty dollar bill. Does that merit having a grown ass man put his knee on your throat for nine minutes? And a lot of people can look at that and say that's not how we do justice in America, Correct. right? In this video. Uh, a guy, a black guy, charges two cops with a knife. What are they supposed to do? What is anybody supposed to do? I, I don't. I don't know. If the knife comes after you, I, I don't. I don't. Um, let just him, take if, one if, in the side I guess for the, the team. Answer is if they're black, let them stab yeah. you. I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what other answer. Black Lives Matter. Yeah, stab it, me. Yeah. I, I don't know what answer other answer were were given for the governor of that state to then stand up there on camera while his biggest city is in flames as his police stand down and say, well, we're kind of hoping we can keep this peaceful like it has been so far. You know, I told you yesterday I was getting some real bad Florida 20, 2000 vibes from Pennsylvania. Folks, do you, do you think that governor, with that level of deceit, do you believe he is going to officiate a free and fair election? Do you believe that? Because I don't. I don't believe it. And that's, that's my feeling of dread. It's Jack Dorsey saying under oath at the U.S. Senate this morning, we're no longer prohibiting people from sharing the New York Post story, and then I'm watching people in real time try to, uh, to, to share the Tony Bobolinsky uh, story in real time for the New York Post, and they still can't. Tucker Carlson has the most watched news program in the United States of America right now. All these other media outlets are not unaware that he did this interview. They're very aware. But they don't even bother to, to propagandize it. It's like it didn't occur. It didn't happen.
arguing with Mr. Bobolinsky doesn't fit our narrative, so Mr. Bobolinsky just doesn't exist. Gone. Down the memory hole he goes. And I had this feeling of dread looking at the preponderance of these stories. And, I, and, and it wasn't last night's dinner. I actually ate pretty clean last night. So it wasn't that, okay? And I, I just thought to myself, they're never going to let Trump win peacefully. They have sacrificed too much of their souls. They have told too many lies. They have distorted too many distortions. They have done too many, they have blacked out too many media blackouts. They have whipped it out and urinated in your mouth on camera and then turned around, looked at the camera and said, hey, it's raining outside. They have done that too many times. A week before the election, ABC News is going to publish a poll that shows Biden winning by 17 and then Trump wins the state, maybe. They're going to get up the next day and say, well, boy, howdy, I guess we got that one wrong. Well, Thanksgiving's in a couple weeks. I I was getting a Florida 2000 vibe from Philadelphia before the riots began last night. They have to know these riots don't help their guy. And he knows. That's why Joe Biden was tweeting out last night, looting is not a peaceful protest. You know, the stuff he wasn't tweeting in June and July, he's tweeting it now. Why? Because he knows. He knows it's bad for him. But the force, the spirit of the age propelling him is unrestrained. That which necromanced him cannot be contained once loosened. And I, I, I just had this feeling of dread that they would not leverage all that they have. And then 11 o'clock Eastern, six days from now, Donald Trump, 270 electoral college votes, and they're all like, we'll get them next time. I don't see that. And it gave me a giant pit in my stomach. Because we also don't have a political party that will stand up to them. What's your Republican, Republicans in your state legislature in Pennsylvania, what have they been doing the last few months? What are they up to? What about your Republican sheriffs in your state on the county level? What have they been up to? What are they doing? They ready for this? So, I don't think they are. Because if they are, probably wouldn't have gotten to this point we're at. Know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Is Bill Barr still alive? Did we finally find a, a, a cabinet post in a department that we are going to fund, defund in government? Like the Department of Justice, does it not exist anymore? How many more audio tapes does Tony Bobolinsky have to play? I mean, the FBI, maybe if Tony Bobolinsky had a picture of Joe Biden putting a noose around his neck, the FBI could mobilize. These are all people appointed by Trump. 
I rem- you remember what you once said to me about the Pope? That's what I think. It's not about big government, small government. It's about the appropriate use of government in its role at its mm-hmm. proper level. You once said, hey, I'll talk all day about the possibility of becoming Catholic if I actually see the Pope being what you claim the Pope is supposed to be. Right. Where, where is that authority wielded? I'm, I love that. I yeah, love I'm, smacking I'm, I'm, some I folks I don't have around. an objection like, to centralized church authority. I have an yeah. objection to you asking me to obey it when it's not authoritative. That's what I have an objection yeah. to. Show me, show me that you actually want to maintain the integrity of the scriptures by all means. Uh, now, now we're yeah. talking. Now we're cooking with gas. But you want me to join... Uh, what you're asking me to join is a bureaucracy. So we're so we're so we're so I'm going to get the worst of both worlds. Yeah. I'm going to acknowledge your authority while you undermine the authority of the scriptures at the exact same time. Why would I take that trade? And in this case, Bill Barr, what like because I can just I, where, walk. Where away. I, I can just like a guy sent me an email yeah. this morning. Hey, my church now just does all social justice stuff. What do you think I should do? I wrote leave. back one word: leave. leave, send. That's all I said. Leave, send. Just leave. So where are the perp walks, is your point yes, about this? Like, yes. Where is the... Yes. Because if these people are not politically punished, it will continue. And winning an election does not politically punish them. We have seen that. They they lost the last election, and all they did was go... Is, is fast forward by about 20 years in, in four years, where we always feared they were going to go in the future, in the next generation. Yeah. They went there like that. They went there like that. Russian collusion, no perpetrators punished. Julie Swetnick, who knows what she's doing tonight. She ought to be in a prison cell for what she tried to do to Brett Kavanaugh. Nothing. Ukrainian collusion, while Biden's doing it, nada, nothing. But we will impeach the guy who tried to, we think, uh, dare to unearth it. And call that uh, quid pro quo. As far as I can tell, about the only person that's really been held accountable the last four years is Michael Cohen. I can't find any other person. And he gets house arrest where he still goes out and has dinner with Chris Cuomo, apparently. I mean, does, who, who the hell is held accountable for any of this? For any of it? Nobody. Nobody. They never pay a political price. And so even after you win the election, you and I celebrate and they just go right back to what they were doing before and double down and double down and double down and double down. Doesn't it seem like 10 years ago when Trump issued an order telling the Pentagon we're not doing tranny soldiers and then they just totally ignored it? After, whether Trump wins or loses, the, the process in 2024 is going to begin for somebody like me right away here in Iowa. And I'm going to tell you right now, Ted Cruz, Christy Nome, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, any of you guys want to run, you want my support, I'm, I'm not going to sit down now and get a nine-point uh, pro-life dissertation from you. I'm high not bo- doing that this cycle. This is like you with the movies, high body count. Yeah, I, I, what I want to know is, can you can you field a functional government if you win? Like, if you win, can you get the people you appoint to do the stuff you talk about? Otherwise, I don't really care, you know, uh, what your particular view is on personhood, which is my own view, because you can't do what you believe. Can you do what you say? Can you make government do what you believe? Will you use the power entrusted to you? No? Then, I, then I'm better off preparing for the civil war that these leftists seem hell-bent on driving us to. Will you punish them? Will you take the power of government and punish Google with it? Will you? No? Then I don't really care. Moving on. When your FBI director says, you know, I think Antifa is an idea and not terrorist, will you can his ass the next day? No? 
sorry, have a nice life. Show you're a nice person. Not worth my time. Will you tell Bill Barr to do your fucking job? Will you? No? Then, you know, uh, maybe I'm in the wrong line of work then. I, I should seek doing something else with my life. What's left of it? Somebody else talk because I'm going to lose my temper and I already have. That was a good loss. It was a good loss. It was righteous. Well, we're going to learn that out in the next four years, no matter who wins about this line of work. Speech, freedom, principle, ideas, uh, it, free market. Is, is it really out there or is it, is it simply uh, all in civil war? One side wins one side loses it, it we are right there and needing to make the decision about whether it's any more complicated than that and when i say right there right after this election be prepared what are you prepared to do we'll come back and play by seller hole next Let's play our weekly game of Buy, Sell, or Hold, brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. More and more rave reviews coming in from our audience. I hate to blow this thing out of proportion, but trust me, when you try it for yourself, you're going to realize, I probably still didn't do it justice. This is a uh, a life-changing product for me, to find a protein bar that actually tastes good, but is also tummy-friendly. I can usually find one or the other. And I found one protein bar at Costco, and I have searched long and far for the last several years to find a protein bar that fit both of those. I found one Costco brand protein bar that did that, that I actually liked the taste of, but it's hard to eat the same flavor over and over and over again, year after year after year. How about you don't have to do that with Bilt Bar? 18 different varieties, all of them covered in real chocolate Less than five grams of sugar a bar, less than 200 calories a bar, often less than 150 calories a bar. And looking for the, and has the protein you're looking for with the taste of a candy bar. Some phenomenal flavors. And there's fruity stuff. Maybe you're not into the chocolate peanut butter thing like I am. They've got fruity stuff. They've got chocolate mint, if you like that stuff. If you like like Almond Joys or Mounds Bars, the chocolate-covered coconut flavors they have are tremendous. All right, so Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T, that's how it's spelled. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DACE. You can only get it on the website at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DACE, and you'll get 20% off your first order. I'm telling you, I was buying this product before they ever came for months before they ever came on board the show that's how good it is builtbar.com promo code dace get 20 percent off the best tasting protein bar you've ever had at builtbar.com all right the rules for buy seller hold by now many of you know them aaron uh, with a lot of help from you in the audience we'll present to you and i todd a series of issues or predictions what have you you and i will decide are we going to buy that are we selling that maybe we'll have a good reason why and given how crazy this year is, we have lifted the cap um, on holds. It used to be only one per episode. And then if you use that, you were probably going to get scourged. 
now you can just hold everything if you want because who the hell knows right all right aaron go ahead we will start with follow truth who says with no good movies released this year 2021 could be the year awards show die with no return sell the exact opposite is true you'll have more reward shows and with fewer films, this gives them more opportunity to get vetch and, and politic and glad hand um, and make them about themselves. You have to understand what drives the award so- shows. It's adorable that you think what drives these award shows is the honoring of content. No, it's the honoring of themselves. And that attempt to do so and virtue signal, there's no possible way they're passing that one up. By their cold, dead, fi- I mean, The Walking Dead will be outside the, Acad- the Motion Picture Academy and the Oscars will go on in some way, shape, or form. Uh, they're not passing up the chance to, uh, to, to honor themselves, Sell. Yeah, Sell. assuming movies do come back. You know, I'm just glad we got the Avengers in, you know, right at the 11th hour because, quite frankly, the, the, if movies just, I, I know... I love going to the movies too, but can, if they come back, like what what percentage? What's the over under on what percentage are going to have some sort of I know. social justice coronavirus theme? Know. You know, just go away. Yeah, go away, all of you. Yep, I'm with you on that. I'll, I'm just like because here's the thing: I love going to the movies, but this year forced me to look to, to live without it. Right, so I don't have to go all the time now. So if you're gonna if that's all the content you want to flood the zone with, then I just won't go. Yeah. Yeah, I've learned I can go without going. So, yeah, I'm with you. Next up, Rev AG says, Tua Tagovailoa puts up a good but not great number in his first start as Dolphins quarterback against the Rams. Good numbers. Okay, sure. Okay. That doesn't exactly seem bold. I think he'll, yeah, it doesn't seem bold to me. Yeah, I, I think he'll play very well. Next, Uncomfortably Dumb says, Ohio State will be the only team in the Big Ten not to lose an impact player for one game to a, due to a positive test because science. Um, so. I could buy that. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think Ohio State as a program is letting a virus that has a 99.6 or 99.8% recovery rate in the age group of college football players. Like, I, I cannot envision a scenario where Ryan Day goes out there and announces Justin Fields has tested positive. Well, doesn't mean Justin Fields won't test positive. I just can't envision a scenario where they announce it. I just, I, I just, it, there's no yeah. way they're losing a championship team over a virus with a 99.8% recovery rate at Ohio State. That's not happening. It's not. Now, Michigan's wired differently. And, and, by the, and, and I'm not happy about it. I'd rather do what Ohio State does. This isn't some, I'm not some high and mighty Michigan fan. I'm actually the exact opposite. Like, what's with the stupid high and mighty act? You know, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm the other way. Like, I'm like, why don't we do more of what they're doing? Like, I don't understand it. It's not like they're like, you know, hey, I don't, I don't care about free tattoos. You don't hear about it. Ohio State did have a couple guys getting a problem with a woman uh, and a sexual assault thing. Dude, they were gone in 10 minutes. So as long as you have zero tolerance for that stuff, why do and, and you're not like cheating on classes? Why do I care if they give you free tattoos or a car? Do you know why would I care? Do you do you know why? What's immoral about making sure your mom's electric bill is paid 
Does, does that seem like an immoral act to you? No. In any other context of their NCA rules, where would that be cons- considered to pay? What would be considered immoral to pay somebody less fortunate than you's utility bill in the wintertime? Can you think of any other context no. other than NCA rules in the history of the human species where that is considered immoral? I cannot either. So I actually want to be more like them. I, I don't really care about the high and mighty act. It's, it's football. Um, and, and so I don't care about that. Um, Michigan is wired differently. Like Michigan would be wired just to would be proud to like cancel three games because guys tested positive completely asymptomatically and then brag about it and then maybe sure sell shirts in the M Den, uh, COVID champions. That's how Michigan's wired. I'm not wired that way, even though I'm a huge Michigan fan. But uh, I, I I just cannot foresee a scenario where Ohio State walks out there and says, "Yeah, guys, we're we're just going to go four and four because we lost Justin Fields for a month." I just I don't believe that. So but that's way you you narrowed it. Just an impact play. Ohio State can afford to lose an impact player more Depends than on who any that player is. It well, it's not that's a, why I'm setting aside Justin Fields. Okay, and that's they why can, I specifically cited one, him. Okay. They can afford to lose more than anybody else. Do I think they would come out else? and say Sean Wade tested positive? They're all American corner. Yeah. Do I think they'd come out and say Chris Olave, maybe their yeah. best receiver? Yeah. But that's why I went right to the Justin Fields card because to me, they have he's he's their one impact player. Meaning. The way they recruit, he's the one guy they have that's irreplaceable. That's how I talk. But but if you're talking impact player in a generic way, well, that's, uh, then yeah. okay, then I agree with your answer. That yeah, I could see that happening. Sure. Do I think though that their Graham Mertz, which Justin Fields is better, at least at this stage of their careers, if Graham Mertz played at Ohio State, let's do it this way: if Graham Mertz played at Ohio State and there was no real backup, do you think Ohio State comes out and announces he has a positive asymptomatic test and we'll see it? In, the, in a month from now? Can yes. You do that? I don't. Don't think there's any shot. Nope. Next, Hunter Lucas says, Mike Tomlin is the most underrated coach in the league, and it's because of Bill Belichick. Did we on purpose load up with a bunch of sports questions because you saw yes, me about losing my mind a few minutes ago no, and you're trying I, to calm me down? I was about to uh, get into sackcloth and ashes after I got done with the montage. So. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know that he's underrated. I'm going to sell. I don't think people think Mike Tomlin's underrated at all. I actually think he is a little underrated. I have what he had to deal with with um, uh, what the, the flake wide receiver, why who's Antonio not, Brown, yeah, yeah, and all that 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 stuff. I mean that I I just that's just a dude. He just he he doesn't tolerate nonsense. Uh, we're men. We're here to battle uh, the whole. Uh, well, I, not only t- the the running back who's went off to the Jets. I mean, and I think we're learning the fruit of that nonsense. I, I, I was amazed hearing uh, the Dan Patrick show. Who I think, listen, he was great at the job that he had doing. You know, with him and Oberman. Oberman was great at that job. But Dan Patrick, as like just an analyst of things, I think is deeply overrated. He's shocked, shocked now that every now that everybody on Dallas has been paid and they have injuries, but that there's no leadership, there's no men, they suck. Well, yeah, that's what keeps happening. That that's the Le'Veon Bell. Everybody back Le'Veon Bell deserves to get paid. Deserves to get paid as if there's no like you, you signed a contract. This is football. Like why are you here? We don't ask that question. We 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 talk in circles. Sports are not sports. About just lowering the bar as far as humanly possible. Yeah, that, he he just he doesn't care. Antonio Brown, you're a flake. Get the hell out of my locker room. Le'Veon Bell, yeah, we'll, we'll next guy in. 
I, I love that about that guy. So maybe overrated, but yeah, I mean, just he, he, if you, if I had to randomly uh, p if, pick a coach and I came up with him, I'm thinking, man, gold. Take, I would absolutely take him above most coaches in this league. You have to. They're they're two totally different guys, by the way. Mike Tomlin is a pro coach that would be that has the persona to be successful at the collegiate level. And running a franchise that's kind of the St. Louis Cardinals of the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers with a, a deeply embedded culture there um, fits well. Um, because I, I don't think he's not a big analytics guy. You know what I'm saying? Like this, like the stuff you see Bill Belichick pull and and that's just not who Mike Tomlin is. Mike, Mike Tomlin is, is a leader of men. Bill Belichick is a football coaching witch. And not one is not better than the other. You just have to be very, mm -hmm. to get pro players to buy into Mike Tomlin's culture, you better win a lot of games. Otherwise, they're going to be like, I'm a grown man, leave me alone. And to get players to conform to the idiosyncrasies of Bill Belichick, you, be, you better be really great at it because you know he's not here to be your buddy, right? But they're just two totally different guys. But I, I, like, I can't see Bill Belichick being hyper successful at the collegiate level. Uh, not that he'd ever try it, just because there's he's I don't think really has a deep interest in the personal lives of his players. Um, but I think that it's just transactional to him. Um, but I do think you have that with uh, with Mike Tomlin. Up next, we have Let Me Ride Through the Wide Open Country, who says Christian congregations in the near future will begin to establish Amish-like communities for self-preservation. Sell, that won't be permitted. You're talking about basically a Protestant monastic era. That That's not going to be permitted here. The reason that this has been permitted in other eras within the history of the church is because the church was never the majority impulse in those cultures. So they were almost perfect. The culture was perfectly fine. If you wanted to sequester yourself off into the hinterlands, build a big monastery or build yourself in a, a, some kind of enclave somewhere and, and let the, let the pagans run the, the major events of the world or the community. They were fine with that. They were, they were fine with that self exile. This is different. This is a culture founded on Christian principles. That is, that is now, under siege they they they're here to defeat you they don't they don't they won't let you exile they don't want that that's why they're moving into your suburbs and coming for you that's not going to happen that's why they're moving into your suburban megachurches with critical race theory and things of that nature the point of this is to conquer you no jizya will be offered there there will be no place that you can just create Without, without, without political pressure, meaning you're in a state where the governor and the legislature or the sheriff of that county will not permit this to occur and will put it down with the force necessary if it does. But minus that, you will not be permitted your own private Idaho. That, that, the point of this is to get in your face, folks. It's not to eject you from the public realm. It's to conquer you. That's not good enough. They don't want your indifference. They want allegiance. The point of this is to get in your face, sell. You guys need to get this through your heads, okay? You need to understand this. Everyone listening to the sound of my voice right now. There isn't going to be a cute third way out of this. Only way out is through. No back door at the Alamo. 
So there won't be, there's not going to be a swelling of Mennonite communities. Because if it's a Mennonite community, the teachers with only two genders, they're going to come to shut you down. They want to be in your face. That's the goal. That's the point. Take Lyndon LaRouche, multiply it by Jehovah's Witnesses, add in an intifada, and, and then, then put it to the 10th power. That's what you're up against. The goal is replacing your way of life. They have no intention of allowing you any kind of sanctuary exempt from it without the threat of force. It's a lesson Dan Cathy at Chick-fil-A learned the hard way last night. You can genuflect and shine all the shoes and, and bow the knee to the spirit of the age all you want. But they still come for you and your Chick-fil-A too. Todd, what's your answer? Yeah, I'm selling. You need to think at the very least, you know, more like China, persecution, underground churches. Uh, You're going to have to check these boxes uh, in this case of social justice just to exist. I mean, there there is a a church in China uh, that nominally is what exists elsewhere, but it has to, it's just a facade. It, it, the real church is underground in China, and that that's going to happen before and may lead to something you're talking about in the future, but we got to go through that first. Up next, very quickly, uh, the October surprise, Chris Goebel says, will <laughs> drop on Friday and Fauci will be involved. Well, I've been predicting that for... Two that weeks. is your prediction. Yeah. So I'll, I'll stay with it. I mean, the, the first part, the... I would have like four uh, October yeah, surprises this yeah, year. Yeah, there's no the October surprise. I don't think... I, I, I'm pretty confident we're not done with Hunter Biden October yeah. surprises. 2020 um, is the October surprise. Yeah, boy, dude. I'm tweeting that. Don't You, get, you don't get no, that no, one. No, 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 you, that, no. No, I don't want to tweet that. I'm broken enough already today. <laughs> so... Sure. Okay. I'll buy and sell that. And that you know Anthony Fauci is going to try to find his way uh, to worm tongue his, his, his way into this conversation one more time between now and Tuesday. But I don't think that that will be the lone issue either between now and Tuesday. All right. All right. We'll come back, play some more uh, buy, sell, or hold with hour two next. Back at it with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, which every day just fills up with people giving me examples of voter fraud. Every day. Every day. Just. I got an absentee ballot, already voted. I don't know why they sent me one. I sent my absentee ballot in. They told me I could track it. Then they told me they never got it. I got somebody else's absentee ballot. Somebody else got mine. I mean, I just get... I get flooded with these in my inbox. Every day. Every day. 
So if you've got that or something else you'd like to talk about, steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Over on Parlor at Steve Dace. Check out our new YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Steve Dace as well. If you're a podcast listener to the show, we thank and appreciate you. Please like and subscribe wherever you podcast from. Give us a five-star review. The more of those that, uh, that we get, the more it helps the show to grow. That's why I want to thank all of you that have done those things for us already. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be with us. Uh, we can continue on, though, uh, with part two of Buy, Seller, Hold, brought to you by the new book, Not Free America, written by Mike Donovan. This is a guy that started off working the other side of the political aisle for one of the largest pro bono civil rights firms in the country because he actually believed in constitutional liberties. And then found out that, hey, a good deal of these leftists that I'm aligned with on some of these issues, not so much. Think of him sort of as a Dave Rubin type. And he put this all in his new book, Not Free America, because he's concerned that the Bill of Rights is under attack. If you want to learn more about the book, order your copy, take their Liberty Pledge, go to notfreeamerica.com. Notfreeamerica.com is where you can order the book and learn more at notfreeamerica.com. All right, let's get back to part two of Buy, Seller, Hold, Aaron. We'll continue on with Ed Grant, who says COVID pruned the church, which will allow the church to see the revival it desperately needs. Sal, that's way too strong a statement at this point. I don't see... Uh, any certitude in said pruning. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think um, maybe it started a process like that or has played a role in a process like that, but uh, I don't I don't think we're on the back end of that process by any reasonable stretch. Our, our most, it was in California, was it MacArthur's church who was... Mm-hmm. Okay. Most churches, Protestant or Catholic, you know, pound for pound. And uh, are most of them like that? <coughs> or Pardon are me. they, or are most of them still um, turning their social justice up to 11? I think you know the answer to that. Hold on, that water went down the wrong pipe there. <coughs> Pardon me. All right, there we go. Thank you. Good to go. Yep. All right. Up next, John Prudlow says the election will be decided by Christmas. <laughs> uh, uh, chocolate. Uh, uh, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. TP for my bunghole. Um, sure, it's Christmas. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, sure. Okay. 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 When was it decided? December twelfth, I think it was. Was was Bush when v. Bush v. Gore, the U.S. Supreme Court, was the weeknight. Because I think I was covering like Iowa State Drake college basketball game that night and came out of the game and into the parking lot and the U.S. Supreme Court had issued its 5-4 opinion uh, in favor of Bush to stop the hanging, the counting of hanging chads in Florida. So, yeah. Okay. Sure. I think it was December 12th, right around there. Up next, Paul Howard says, we've learned during the Trump presidency that the FBI is now the most corrupt crime syndicate in America. I like a sentiment. Yeah, it's going buy. too far. Yes, but I like the sentiment. I really do. Today I'll probably buy because I'm that mad. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, dude, it's it's not the Gambino crime family. They actually are good at this. Um, it's let's. I'll, I'll go as far as saying it's it's an accessory to the things you're talking about. Sure. Yeah. Unless you unless it's a it's it's a piece of rope at a NASCAR garage, then it'll move heaven and earth. Yeah. Next, uh, Stephen Grant says the Patriots are going to miss the playoffs for the first time since 2008. Oh, that's an easy buy. That's an easy buy. Okay, bye. I yeah. mean, I, don't, I mean, Cam Newton's a flake. Anybody? I mean, it wasn't. People were worried about is is his arm still there? Is he all gone? He's a flake. But it's it was still a good move for them because it, the flakiness works the other way. That's why he's often had hot and cold seasons with Carolina, right? So the flakiness could have worked the other way. They caught lightning in a bottle. They only gave him a one-year deal. But that's why it was a good deal for them. Because in the end, if it didn't work out and they suck, then Trevor Lawrence, um, uh, Justin Fields, it's a deep quarterback mm-hmm. year. Uh, so, and they And you get a young quarterback, and if he hits... I mean, that's been the recipe of success recently in the NFL is if you have a young quarterback and he hits and you get him on that first contract and you, the, what the salary cap allows you to do for the roster you build around him, um, you know, that's been kind of the recipe for teams to make quick comebacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a win-win for the Patriots. He either pays off or if he doesn't, then you tanked for Trevor or whichever one of these true. quarterbacks you like without looking like it. You All know? true, but total yeah. flake. Never, I mean, what, never ever have a man like that is the most per- important position on the field. After if and yes, he's always been different since the Super Bowl. Has it gotten better or worse? Oh, it's gotten a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, worse than whatever his health is. Yeah. Up next, Ben says Americans will feel relief on November fourth because they won't be getting thirty-two phone calls or texts a day from campaigns asking for money and vo- votes. I don't know about you guys. I have not gotten like any. Oh, like, I'm, I'm getting. Any. I'm getting a ton. I'm getting a ton, but I'm going to sell. Uh, yeah, because that's I, not the problem. I, I, I don't think this thing's going to be over on November the fourth. And I don't mean like Ben. No, this isn't in no way personal. But it, yeah, it's definitely not going to be over. But it, even before 2020, like I, we live in a representative republic. All right, this is part of it. I mean, the people. Oh, I can't wait till I get normal Facebook back. You're the problem. Not you, Ben. The, this is part of it. You got to roll up your sleeves. You got to do the work. You got to learn. You got to be part of it. Hey, I, I don't. Your normal life that you just want to come back is your idol. You drink way too much of that wine. On, I mean, honestly, as dumb as political season is, as petty as it often is. It's still better in many ways than what you're normally doing with most of your time. I just, you get what you deserve. If you just want to go back to Cheez-Its, you you don't get to resent that. You just don't. We are here primarily because of that nonsense in your church, in your entertainment, in your schools, everywhere. Expect more. You might get it. Demand more. You might get it. This is a fascinating point you're making, that because I, I get annoyed by all the inserts and everything, and the ads, and I've done some of those on the other side. But it, the point that you're making, which is this, and I think we would both agree, there's a distinction between being inundated as we are now, 
Okay. But the idea that the the opposite of that, therefore, is to just be left completely alone and let the system run amok and do whatever it wants while you're not watching and then discover in the next election cycle, oh, bleep, how did this happen? Why are we even talking about this stuff? You're yeah. saying, hey, it's because it's one thing to be annoyed by these ads. It's nothing to just, hey, I want to completely now disengage from the entire process. That's not how a Republican form of government works. You, you pretend you're better... I mean, these people in politics, they're all rats. Yeah, they are. You voted for them. You're not on a higher plane of existence for allowing that. It's more your fault. I'm sick of all of you on the right and the left. I'm sick of all of you looking at me locally. Most of the, is somebody going to say something? Is somebody going to do something? I'm the one who has to do it. And then when I do, oh, he wasn't nice enough. I just wish he wouldn't do it. You all suck. I'm sick of all of you, which is why I tell you that more publicly. And I will be doing that. I just, I, I don't respect your cowardice. I don't respect your laziness. Get to work. All right. Uh, next is Desert Aggie, who says the Steelers are the favorite to win the AFC. No, I mean, you got to have, yeah, I mean, the other. T- there's another team that has Pat Mahomes. So, and right now he's really not playing that great. I mean, he's playing really well, but mm-hmm. it's not like otherworldly. But they've got some uh, talent around him now. I, I think they have a more talented roster than they had last year. That's my own opinion. Um, so I, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell too. The Chiefs weren't, remember, Pat Mahomes' best season was two years ago. He got injured last year, you know, and I can't remember how many games he was out. Broke the Madden curse. And the the team, you know, uh, still did fine, got through. Uh, We have yet to see, this is the scary part, we have yet to see the Chiefs put together the great year. And they have already run a Super Bowl. You know, that's they can just kind of be that team, which is really hard to do. Meaning all in the football. Chiefs care about is being one of the yes, six teams that exactly. get a playoff bid. Because we don't really care home and particularly this year, I don't think home field advantage matters no. at all. No. Without any fans and stuff in the stands. They have that guy or smatterings yeah. of fans in the stands. That's good yeah. enough and enough talent on both sides. Just make sure you're you know, whatever, twelve and four or eleven and just make get there and then do the job. Yep. I, I saw highlights, uh, speaking of fans in the stands, I saw highlights of a uh, UEFA Champions League game in Moscow, <laughs> Russia, yesterday. <laughs> stands were stands were full, guys. Yeah. Stands were full. Should we go shopping for real estate in Russia after the show? <laughs> yeah. Uh, real Not Smart Owl says, riots in Pennsylvania will have a bigger impact on the outcome of the election than the Tony Bobolinsky revelations. Um. I'll say yes, I'll buy because, and Steve already said as much, I said on Twitter yesterday, that I I expect that to swing things, a margin that was already growing in favor of Donald Trump to swing it even more in that direction. And that one state uniquely, as Steve has also said, is so important. I mean, I think you flat out said if Trump wins Pennsylvania, he's going to yeah, win. There's no right? way he doesn't get to 270 okay. electoral. So that's why I would err yeah. on that side. Can you put it back up there, Aaron? I want to look at the exact wording of his tweet. Uh, right. It's been slightly. I'm, I'm going to sell. Hmm. And it's, 
it's because the whole thing is just memory hold on both ends. Like it never occurred. And I think the governor of Pennsylvania is a liar and a fiend. And I don't think there's much of any chance whatsoever he will preside over a free and fair election. I just, I just don't. And maybe I should have kind of kicking myself. I should have came to this conclusion earlier. I don't know why you would just lie to your entire state about coronavirus for months and months and months. Put a dude out there with a mental illness as your health director demanding you call him by the right pronoun at his press conferences. And then turn around at the end and say, crap, man, Donald Trump won again, guys. That sounds stupid when I, I sound dumb when I say it out loud. I mean, I just sound stupid, don't I? Don't I just sound dumb? And I, I, I mean, I'm admitting I was dumb for not contemplating this many moons ago. You, you shut down people's businesses, schools, churches, and livelihoods for a lie for months. And then at the end, when those people you deceived and damaged get a say, you're going to let them have it? You couldn't have your sermon in church all these Sundays, but I'm going to let you have your vote. You, you, you couldn't have your restaurant or your bar, but I'm going to let you have your vote. You couldn't have your kids in school, but I'm going to let you have your... Is that, it just sounds yeah. stupid when I say it. And I, I just... I don't, believe a free, I don't believe a fair election will occur in Pennsylvania. I do not. I think they will lie. Up next, William Ward says, the five most jaw-dropping visual effects moments in cinema history. Number five, the White House destroyed an Independence Day. That's a great, that's a great call. That's still one of the all-time great movie trailers ever. Remember that the first time we saw that and they blew up, the, it was the Super Bowl trailer that mm-hmm. year and it was actually the Steelers and the Cowboys, I remember, because my wife and I, that was our first Super Bowl as a dating, as a couple. And that trailer came on during the uh, game and just freaking blew us away, right? So, yeah, okay, totally. I'm totally with that scene being on the list. You bet. Uh, buy number five? Sure, I'll buy it. Okay. Number four, the T-Rex scene, Jurassic Park. I, 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 I'm I, in. I need, yeah, can you put the list up one more? Because I need the context if, if it's too low. Number be- three is Superman and Lois Fly in 1978 Superman. I'm... Yeah, I'm probably with you on that. You guys know what I think about that movie. I, I adore that film. So. I think the rest of the team, I think that the dinosaurs are... This might be I, the I wanted best. to say may, maybe should be higher, but now I'm looking and I... Yeah, this so might I, be the best top five yeah, list we have ever received. List, but with everything else there, yeah. I would... Uh, I, I hate to do this to you, but Superman flying, I don't... I don't know if... Th- I, I think I'm going to put the dinosaurs ahead of Superman flying, not because I don't think it great and worked at the time, but... I, I'm fine with that. I, I, I just think the yeah. list, even if yeah, you like is. the order, That's, those five belong yeah, yeah. on the list. I mean, the next one, that pull... Remember as a little kid, the pullback scene of that Star Destroyer 
That's the first yeah, scene, oh my goodness. and it went on and on and on. See, and that you would be knew number one for you, me. You, that was an in, this that you we've never, as as Dorothy says mm-hmm. in *The Wizard of Oz*, we've never been this way before. Mm-hmm. This is this is something new here. Mm-hmm. But I also agree with number one. Actually, I do. I think it even holds That's up to I this said. very day when you watch it. I mean, and consider they made that film. Yeah. They they shot that in 1938, um, and it was released in 1939. The, when when she opens the door to Oz and the vibrant color comes on, I think it holds up even by what we've been amazed to watch in our day and age. Um, I, I can't even imagine what people thought sitting in a theater in 1939 that's, watching that for that's the first my time. Point. You got to put yourself in that place and time. What and th- what they did to make the color pop be, beyond the technology that mm-hmm. set. Yep. You have to have the things mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it's and I, truly and it's, and remarkable. I, I love all the movies on this list, I, but I, again, I adore The Wizard of Oz. It's one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite films. Up next, we have John Thornton, top five current men's ba- uh, college basketball head coaches. Number five, John Calipari at Kentucky. Four, Tom Izzo, Michigan State. Three, Bill Self at Kansas. Two, Royal Williams at North Carolina. And one, Coach K at Duke. Uh, it's it's not a bad list, but you got to have Jay Wright at Villanova's got to be on your list. He's got two national championships in like the last five years. He has to be on that who, list. Who do you put him above? I'd put oh. him above probably Izzo I've at got, this point. You've got just the order there. I, 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 I would probably Roy Williams him. is very overrated. I mean, the guy's been yeah. around a long time, racked up accomplishments as a pure coach. I, he's just, I think he's deeply He's got overrated. so many final fours, three national championships at North Carolina. He's, he has to be on the list. But considering how many teams that have underperformed that he had at Kansas, and he had quite a few of them that got knocked out early and upset, I've just never been a fan of Roy Boy. And I, I think Bill Self, while I'm not saying he's overrated, I would... I would definitely take Izzo uh, over Self. And Calipari's stock has absolutely risen. Izzo's, done, Izzo's guilty of everything you just accused Roy Williams of. Oh, I mean, he's, he's been dying early in the NSA tournament. They oh. went to the Final Four just a couple years ago, oh, no. but they weren't getting out of the first weekend for several years in a row. This no, he's he doesn't have the record. The, uh, I mean, there were some significant, huge upsets. But they number all, one, all Kansas, almost. But they almost a, always, just, except for the Bucknell just, game, they were they were almost always actually in the final four. Just, Izzo is just a better. Just a, if you just need a, a guy to win a game with you, like your your five. What's your line about my fives and your fives and that stuff like? I mean, the old Bear Bryant yeah, line yeah, from Keith Jackson. You take yours and beat yours with his, and his and beat your, just, his with yours. I'm, yeah, he's just a better coach. I I'm I, you know what. Uh, I think he's a great coach. I don't think he's I don't I don't think he's a better coach than Jay Wright, and I don't think he's a better coach than all the other coaches on that list. But if anybody's overrated, I'd say maybe it's John Calipari. Now that I think about it, maybe I take him off the list and keep Izzo there, only because of the kinds of, of the amount of talent he uh, <coughs> mm-hmm. procures. We'll <laughs> go with that word on an annual basis. And he's got one championship to show for it, oh, and yeah. was with a team with like four lottery no, I don't picks. Disagree. So maybe Calipari's the guy even, that should go. Even despite, oh, I think he should, despite that though, his stock, considering where he, I mean, he was at a low point, and this is a guy that was a cautionary tale. Yeah, and he's managed to kind of come out clean on the other side uh, without being. I agree, I, but I think you could also clean, kick him off. This and when list. I say go, by the way, I'd still like Calipari, like sixth, seventh, or eighth, if we did a top exactly. ten. Exactly. But we're only looking at five. Jay Wright has to be on that list. Most people would have Jay Wright number one 
right now. Uh, a lot of college basketball analysts would. So he has to be on your list somewhere in the top five. Then we have the debate who goes out. I was originally thinking Izzo. Um, now I think I'm probably at Calipari. If, if Izzo had Calipari's talent, would he have only one national championship? And I think the answer to that question is no. Up next, Vote Your Conscience says the winner of the NFC East will not have more wins than the winner of the Big Ten. That's a great prop. That's a fascinating prop. So, well, the winner of the Big Ten is probably, probably going to be, be eight and zero, or nine not, and 0. or if you count yeah. that game, or we, yeah, that counts. Fine. That will count. That, that will count. They 10, said yeah. ten and zero. I think I think the are going to go I'll, ten and zero. So I'll, take, I'll buy it. Yeah. I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll buy it. Even with the cancellation factor, I'll yeah. buy it. I'll buy it. Yeah. Up next, Andrew Hansen says Trump will do better with black men than white suburban women this election. Well, what does that does that mean relative to last time? I mean, it's. It's a bit apples and oranges unless you do that. You can decide that for yourself. Okay. Relatively speaking, absolutely. Then he'll lose. Because there's a lot more suburban white women than there are black men. So he'll lose. Well, okay, let me... But I'm just saying, couldn't... Would he lose if he did... If he gained five points with black men, but lost one point with suburban women? I, I, that's, that's my... A, okay, if it, that's looking at that looking. kind of ratio, I'd have to break it down, okay? Okay. But it would need to be the kind of ratio you're talking about. But that's... But I think we... It probably higher. Probably higher. Probably like 10 points with black men for every one or two points of white suburban women. If we, It'd probably be closer to that if we broke the math okay, down. But... I think we that's not either way. I think that's it's you put the money on him doing better relatively speaking with black men, right? Not whether that the question isn't whether he's going to win it or not. I think that's just what's going to happen. We'll see. I mean, I have I I want to I want to see there's a lot of people who uh there's a lot of people black folks on the left who are sounding the alarm about this. And that's the only reason I'm even remotely taking it seriously, all right? Because um, you're just talking about a Republican hasn't gotten more than 15% or hasn't gotten to 15% of the black vote overall in America since 1960. And that was Nixon with the endorsement of Jackie Robinson, okay? And he got 15%. So I, I, I need to see it first. All right, Rolling Stone top 25 albums of all time. As if I wasn't angry uh, enough. All right. You ready for this? No. Buying if you generally agree where it is on the list. Selling if you don't agree. Holding, well, there's no holds. Okay. Number 25, Carol King Tapestry from 1971. Well, I don't, I mean, um, wait, what's the what, what? Top what? Top 25 albums, albums of all time. Not necessarily rock and roll, just... Okay, I'm going to sell. Albums. I'm going to sell. Carol King, wow. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to have sell. to sell. I wish yeah. I... That doesn't sell. seem right. I'm not trying to belittle Carol King. It I am. I am. It does, oh, I'm don't do that. Her. See that? Don't, sell. Num- number 24, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And we're done. I'm buying. It's the most influential album in the history of American music. Seriously, history of you American music. You should feel music, lucky it's period. on the list. Yeah, I, I mean it, it. It. I mean, uh, is number twenty-three, the Velvet Underground, the Velvet Underground, and Nico. <laughs> so this is Lou. Uh, what's his face? 
No. Aaron, Aaron he, this is the greatest bait and switch of all time. A lot of sports today. Just holding this back. Beautiful, Aaron. Your best play ever. Sell. Sell. Notorious number 22. Notorious B.I.G. Ready to die. Sell. Ahead of Sergeant Peppers. Yep. Sell. You're buying, Todd? I'm selling. Oh, okay. Number but I'm tw- still loving it. Uh, number 21, Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. B- buy uh, on the list. That's I'm fine th- with it being on the yeah. list. Ahead of Sergeant Peppers. Sell. Number 20, Radiohead. Sell. Uh, Radiohead. Sell. Sell. Kid sell. Sell. Sorry, I was just listening whoever to some put Radiohead, Radiohead ahead of Sergeant Peppers last night should be deported. There's some good sell. Radiohead songs if you just want to feel sad. Sell. Number 19, Kendrick Lamar to pimp a butterfly. <laughs> I don't from, even know. That's from 2015. I don't know who that is. I don't know what that is. Sell. So, so. Uh, number 18, Bob Dylan, Highway 61 Revisited. Bye. All right, I'll, I'm going to allow this because I can see why someone would rank that ahead of Sergeant Peppers, okay? Wow, that's, so, look at all that grace in your heart. I'm, I'm going to buy. So this is the new benchmark now, all right? I'll buy. Number 17, Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I've so. never heard a single track, I, I, so I got to sell. I don't know. Okay. Uh, number seven, er, Number 16, The Clash, London Calling. Uh, I can see why someone would put I, that on this I, list, but it shouldn't be ahead of Dylan or the Beatles, so I'm going to sell, but I'm fine with it being on the list. I'll sell. It wouldn't be on my list, but I'm, I can see why someone would put it on mm-hmm. the list. Number 15, Public Enemy, It Takes a Nation sell. of Millions to Hold Us Back. This is actually a great album, sell. by the way, but sell. Doesn't belong ahead of Dylan or the Beatles. Number 14, The Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street. Sell. Sell. Because it's not the best Stones album yeah, or yeah, because just, it's the Stones? Yeah. No, it just, it's just, it's just sell. They've had, there, there's, the interesting thing with the Stones is I don't think there's like a quintessential album. There's a there's a smattering of songs. Their 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 song, what's it called? Um, catalog. Catalog it might be the strongest of any band ever, but there's not like a Sergeant Pepper's album there. You know what yep. I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got to so, speed through this here. Yeah. Number thirteen, Aretha Franklin. I never loved a man the way I love you. Sell. So, Sell. So. Number twelve, Michael Jackson. Thriller. Buy. It has to be higher on the list, but I'll buy. I'm fine with it being there. Number 11, The Beatles' Revolver. Sell. That's just their first drug album, and so that's where all these losers okay. love it, but Sell. it's actually not one of their best albums. Number 10, Lauren Hill, The Miseducation Sell. of oh, Lauren come on, come Hill. On, come on, stab me. Sell. Dang me, dang me, somebody get a rope dang me. Are you, you serious guys, with this? Keep heard going, of that? I want to get to the number one. Number 9, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. Buy. Sell. Number 8, Prince and the Revolution, Purple Rain. Buy. I'm fine with that, Buy. Number seven, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. I've got to buy that. Yeah. Bye. Number six, Nirvana, Nevermind. Uh, the album's actually good. I just hate the title track. So I'll, I'll buy, buy top 25. Buy this, but it's too high on the list. Number five, The Beatles, Abbey Road. Buy. Well, no, I'm in. Buy. I'll buy that. Number four, Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. Sell. Too high. Probably doesn't even belong in the list, but I'm fine with it, but it doesn't belong that high. So Number three, is it Joni or Johnny Mitchell? Joni. Joni. It's Joni. Okay. And sell. 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 Number two. <laughs> Number two, the Beach Boys Pet Sounds. Sell. <laughs> but great. <laughs> and number one. Number one, Marvin Gaye. What's going on? Oh, come on, man. Come on. Yeah. That's the number one album of all time. That's what they say. Sell. But great. Just thank you, Aaron. 
Yeah, did I say thank you? This is the worst show I want to say thank you. This is the worst show. <laughs> Was that purposely a bait and switch? No, I just realized that we were going through my uh, selections from buy, sell, or hold too fast, and I thought, oh, crap, I need to figure out something, and I decided so this was today an un- seemed like a good day me. to trigger Steve. Well, it worked. And if, if, if you want to know another person who I, I just know is going to be triggered, he's going to join us next. The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be here to either be triggered or trigger us likely both coming your way next so what does COVID-19 have to do with the possibility of losing your home well it turns out it's a could be a lot. Uh, Cybercrime has skyrocketed this year, according to the feds, up 75%. And it gets even worse because one of those cybercrimes is called home title theft because our home titles are often kept online these days. Cyber criminals know this, so they find our titles online, forge our signature on a quick claim deed, and then refile as the new owner of our homes. And before you know it, you could be off your title. Uh, they're liquidating your equity. Uh, they're taking advantage of your investment. They steal your cash, stick you with payments. Sometimes you don't even find out until there's a late notice or maybe even a foreclosure or eviction notice in the mail. Thankfully, there's home title lock. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title uh, so that the moment they detect any tampering whatsoever, they can mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address there to see if you're already a victim and don't yet know it at HomeTitleLock.com. And then while you're there, use the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's 30 free days of protection with the code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. Let's bring in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Doing all right. What a time to be alive. Indeed it is. So this is the last time that you and I are going to talk until the election on Tuesday. Here's my first question. Do you believe this election is going to be over on Tuesday? I think more likely than not, it will be. Because the the way these things tend to work is when they swing and the undecideds break, they usually go in one direction. So you could have a razor-thin election, which I think it is. Um, but I think most likely the states will tip mainly in one direction. And I think if if, if mo- even if they're very close, but if most of them are in one di- direction, that will kind of end the election. Do you trust – I said the other day on the show, I'm getting a Florida 2000 vibe from Pennsylvania, which which I think could very well be the decisive state in this election. And now we've got the rioting that went on there last night in Philadelphia – which the media has just acted as if it did not occur, not covered. You have the governor there saying to the press, you know, hey, I just hope the, the protests stay peaceful as they have been. Um, given what that government's people have done to that state this year, the amount of times they have lied to their people about this virus, what they've done to their churches in that state, their communities in that state, their businesses in that state, the fact that they have their own Fauci is a dude with a mental illness kvetching about the pronouns he's called. Do you really believe 
that that governor and that state is going to conduct a fair election because I do not. I don't. Steve, I don't, but I think that's a problem in several states, and I think that's why many people on Trump's side are more optimistic. I told you in the summer that I felt at the time I thought Trump was going to lose because he had no narrative, Um, whereas last time he was the challenger, now he's owning all of the problems, and there are many. But what has happened, and I think we've seen this, is that the critical states all have the same thing in common, and you touched on it. They all have severe lockdowns on par with that of New York and California, albeit the electorate is not like that. You look at Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, Whitmer, obviously Michigan and Pennsylvania and Minnesota to a certain extent. I would watch that state as well. Three out of four out of the four states I just mentioned have severe lockdowns that are not in sync with where the people are. And number two, three out of the four, with the exception of Michigan, had massive flashpoints for rioting and violence. Lockdowns, rioting, those two issues, I think, are ultimately going to staunch some of the bleeding from the suburban voters and bring out some of the newer voters and even turn over some African-American voters in some of the major cities in those states. So I think typically we've always said you want Republican governors, if you're a Republican running for president in the key states, uh, to oversee some of this. And that was viewed as an advantage. I actually think, ironically, the fact that this time around, unlike last time, the three most critical states, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, now have very liberal Democrats, whereas last time they had Republicans, that's going to work to his advantage. And that's also why I think, Steve, more fundamentally, this election is going to be a flattened curve. In other words, you're going to have Trump do worse, I believe, even if he wins, which I think he will, Georgia, Texas, and Arizona, but he will do worse than he did last time, which was already underperforming in those states. They have Republican governors, and they have no narrative. They have no urgency of people just fired up like you have in Michigan with all that activism there. So I think actually we'll have a worse result in those states, even though – He looks to be very much in the game in the Rust Belt states. And one more thing, Steve, I think to just put a finer point on that, I actually, contrary to what I saw a couple months ago, I think Trump will overperform in New York and California, come nowhere close to being competitive there. But he will do a little bit better than last time, reversing this trend that we've seen of the blue areas getting bluer. Um, because of the lockdowns, because of the severity of them. So I think that's where you're going to see a little bit of a dichotomy with a poorer showing in traditional red states or some of them uh, that have been more vulnerable because of other reasons versus states that are swing or somewhat blue that I think will overperform in precisely because of the Democrat governors. So this is fascinating. I feel like you and I have, uh, this is like trading uh, places now. All right. Um, I came in Dan Aykroyd. Usually I'm the Dan Aykroyd or the Eddie Murphy and you're the other guy. And now I feel like we have swapped out. All right. Because I, I just have a hard time envisioning a scenario where the governor of Pennsylvania certifies an election that Donald Trump won in his state. I, I don't know. Why would you tell all the lies do all the things that these people have done, Gretchen Whitmer, another one. And then just come back and say, oh, snap. 
shucks, we gave it our best shot. We told it, we, we lied our best lie. We locked our best lockdown. All right, we distorted our best distortion. And by golly, them's the breaks. It didn't work. Tip the cap. See you next election. I don't believe that. Well, Steve, a couple things about that. Number one is that's a Republican thing because Republicans put all their hopes in the election. So to them, it's devastating to lose. The Democrats, they they they, they don't give up. I mean, they're not going to accept the results to the extent that I do think that they would almost secede from the country. Maybe not formally, but they're going to do what they want. As far as the election, I don't disagree that because this time you have Democrats in those states where Trump won a, a razor-thin majority um, – Last time, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, you actually had Republican governors four years ago there. So they might not certify it. But I do think if he does have the same, roughly the same map he had last time, where he's a little ahead in each and every one of them, I don't think that, uh, you know, I just don't think it's going to go over well because then it's them, who, they who are not accepting the outcome of the election. And Trump's not just not going to deal with that. So, you know, he's the incumbent and he'll just sit on the power so i i don't disagree that it might be contested in some way but your concern was in terms of stealing the election and downright having biden come up on top that's a different question um but i think trump will have the political capital to deal with this let's say okay you just gave a sentence i want to i want to explore because i tweeted out this morning whether Trump wins or loses. Now, if he loses, the process for 2024 for somebody like me is going to begin five minutes after it's it's certified. If he wins, it'll begin, you know, four or five days after he's certified. <laughs> All right. And and I tweeted out this morning. At, at this point, I'm not even going to like, I, I, I'm not going to do, hey, I want your pro-life dissertation, all the stuff I've done in the past. I need to start with a very basic question. Can you field a competent government? Can you get your cabinet heads, um, your departments, when you say we're not going to have trainee soldiers and the Pentagon says, uh, yeah, we are. Will you fire those generals and put generals in that will do what you ask? When will you allow your secretary of state Rex Tillerson to undermine your foreign policy for a year before you finally dispatch him? When your FBI director Chris Ray says Antifa to Congress says that Antifa isn't terrorist. Uh, it's an it's an idea. And then Joe Biden quotes that. Uh, verbatim at the first presidential debate. Will you fire that FBI director for deploying, instead of following up on Antifa, deploying 14 agents to investigate a rope at a NASCAR event? See where I'm going with this? Can you govern? Can you govern? If you can't govern, what the hell is the point to any of this? Because that's the one thing that this guy's not been able to do. He's been great when he can unilaterally act but he cannot get his government beyond himself to govern. Is Bill Barr dead? Did he die the last few weeks while these Bobolinsky tapes are being played and everything else? I mean, can you govern? And so Cruz, DeSantis, Nome, just a few people I anticipate are going to be reaching out to me after this election. I want them all on the record right now. Don't call me if you can't show me that you can govern. I want to know who's, who's your AG is. I want to know. I want to know that you can do the thing. Not just win the thing, but do the job. And Steve, not just firing them, but initially only hiring people with an ideological litmus test. And if they're not going to give one for a Supreme Court nominee, they better give one for their cabinet. Um, 
that's the thing. I mean, some of these people, I just never understood it right off the bat. Every one of them. I mean, Chad Wolf at DHS was a visa lobbyist. And then you have then you have the shallow state in the White House. I just retweeted something. A, a, a clip from Brooke Rollins was just on on uh, on C-SPAN. And she look, she's a Coke affiliate. She was the head of a Coke think tank. Trump bashes the Koch brothers, but then brought in more Koch people than any president has ever done, more than George Bush. And, you know, he, he talks about law and order and they talk about releasing more criminals from from prison. Yeah, I mean, look, the election begins Wednesday, next Wednesday, uh, because what I think people need to understand is that the election, if Trump were to win it, is not a victory. It's not uh, a touchdown. It's recovering possession of the ball. And now you got to wake up and make the plays. And we got to fire all these people. I mean, Steve, how is Burks still out there? Bedazzling her face a, shield all over the country. Yes, I know. I know. I, I mean, yeah. in some ways, this is worse than Biden, because let me give you a vivid example of this. See, you have Biden and all of his crazies like Kamala Harris running around with the mask, queer looking thing. You know, people like Bill Lee in Tennessee who aren't really great, but they'll start pushing back if that's where it's coming from. But with Burks doing it, she called out Tennessee to have a mask mandate, and he extends the ability of the counties to do it and puts out this really corny video on it, uh, endorsing it. I mean, this is the problem. Sometimes this White House is doing more harm than even a Democrat administration would do, at least as it relates to pressuring red states, uh, if not the other states. So, yeah, I mean, this has been the problem. And my fear is that if Trump does win, despite the expectations— there will be such euphoria. It will be like one big political fentanyl party and everyone on our side is going to get doped up and miss the fact that it's that window. Steve, it's a very narrow window. You know, second terms, even if he does great, is not going to work out for us come the midterms. You're going to have the fatigue no matter what. He's going to get slaughtered in the midterms as they always do in the second term. But the reality is you have a couple months there with a tremendous amount of political capital. And that's when everyone from Burks and Fauci onto Mnuchin, yep. onto Brooke Rollins, yep. all these people need to be fired. And then, of course, is the biggest fish we have to deal with, which is, uh, you know, Javanka instead of MAGA. Great stuff, my friend. So when you and I do this again, who knows? Um, we could be taking one more big step towards a civil war with a contested election. The whole world may change. Nothing may change. Uh, a lot could be on the line or different when you and I talk again here on the show next Wednesday. Always good to see you, brother. Take care, right? Take care. See you then. Uh, you know, we do a lot of cool things for our pets. We take them for walks. We get them groomed. Uh, we get them fed. Um, we love on them. We cuddle with them. They also need good nutrition because chances are the food that you are buying for your pet at the store hasn't got that because it's probably been stripped of a lot of the uh, good stuff. The same reason that our food has been stripped of it as well. So it'll last longer on the shelf for mass consumption and production. That's why we take so many supplements these days as humans. And that's why your dog needs one as well. That's where Rough Greens comes in. It's not a dog food, but a premium dog food supplement. It's a powder you sprinkle on your dog's food, mix it in. 
make them uh, love it even more. Our dog Cap loves this stuff and it's loaded with the vitamins, nutrients, omega oils, antioxidants, pre, probiotics that your pet needs. And you can try it right now with their Jumpstart bag for just $14.95. See if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less when you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's roughgreens.com slash blaze. Gentlemen, your thoughts on the conversation Daniel and I just had. He just gave you a bunch of Kobayashi Marus to put some spring in your step uh, per the uh, earlier part of the show today. Lots of uh, realistic wins in there. I, th- I think the question is, people like how many of you, people like you are going to be prepared afterwards to do just like with COVID and just like with you've done at the polls? Your your primary job after this, I think, is going to have to be the unpacking of the data, what we do know about the actual voting that we can count versus whatever correction happened and pointing out the obvious truths that are there. You're just going to have to be ready for that. Mm. I, I tend to think that Daniel is is probably cr- correct, at least right now. And I still think that, you know, your, your kind of axiom of whatever's happening or trending the day before the election is going to really give you an insight into how it turns out. But I just saw something in the New York Times and I could foresee similar stories starting to uh, maybe trend or maybe pop up here and there, even the, in the mainstream media over the next few days of um, the polls show in this New York New York Times story said, are the polls right in Pennsylvania? Uh, polls show Biden leading, but uh, the environment on the ground seems anything but as if they're trying to hedge like a oh, boy guys here because you are correct. You are correct, Steve, and that if this type of of feedback loop created by the public polling industry can actually you know perform a successful psyops on the american people to where they can just get any outcome that they want that is a bad precedent for the future here's where this blows up though and i'm not i'm not a pollyanna you guys know that anybody listening knows that here's where this blows up is if donald trump wins by margins that they couldn't have even forecasted, that they couldn't have even uh, that they couldn't even make up within their polling. If you get what I mean, yep. because that would so thoroughly blow up the public polling industry that there's no coming back from that. No coming back from that at all. Great stuff. We're going to stick around and do the overtime uh, for the rest of you tomorrow, noon to two Eastern, here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast, John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.